Over the Edge, my weekly market review, June 11th, 2023. According to Wall Street's categorization rules, the S&P 500 index exited bear market territory on Thursday when it closed up more than 20% from its lows from October last year after spending 248 days there, the longest bear stretch since 1948. However, it still ended the week 10% below its all-time high from January 3rd, 2022. While there's absolutely nothing in the rules that says we can't roll over into another new bear market right away, this one we've just been through is technically over, for what that's worth. With the shadow of a debt ceiling crisis now gone and the regional banking catastrophe simply not happening, the path to additional positive surprises is getting narrower. And because so much good news has been priced in already, even a near-perfect best-case scenario will likely produce only a modest further rally. Any kind of disappointment, on the other hand, could easily open up a quick 5-10% downward air pocket in stock prices, particularly for those assets that have done so well in recent weeks. Having said that, there's a definite sense of FOMO that is starting to grip those who are underinvested or who've been waiting around on the sidelines as the biggest influence on their decision-making shifts from fear at the beginning of the year to extreme greed now. There's a growing perception that it might be a bigger risk to be out of the stock market rather than in it. That's the very definition of the pain trade. Professional money managers buying stocks, not because it's a rational, considered choice, but because they feel pressured to do so by a growing fear of missing an opportunity. Indeed, the head of Citigroup's U.S. equity trading strategy acknowledged this sentiment just last week when he said on Bloomberg TV, we are reluctantly staying in the tech trade. This causes them to frantically chase stocks higher, driving the indexes up until one day they stop, which could then leave the market a bit like Wiley Coyote when he suddenly stops running and realizes he has chased the roadrunner over the edge of a cliff. We're seeing a shift in sector leadership as markets embrace hope for a more broadly robust economy and grow in belief in the soft landing. And I would expect the performance gap between the recently ripping tech and tech-adjacent sectors and the so far lagging, more value-oriented consumer sectors to continue to narrow in the short term, at least. A greater-than-expected rise in weekly unemployment claims on Thursday increased the bets that the Fed will pause raising interest rates this week. It's important to note that the Fed being on hold should not be confused with job done. There has been a subtle shift in language from pause to skip when discussing the Fed not hiking on Wednesday, which is trying to communicate that a pause isn't a permanent on hold and certainly doesn't mean that rate cuts are imminent. Tuesday's release of the Consumer Price Index CPI measure of retail inflation for May and Wednesday morning's release of the producer price index measure of wholesale inflation experienced by manufacturers will be 
both major influences on the Fed who will announce their interest rate decision later on Wednesday at 2 p.m. in Eastern Time. While red-hot inflation could spell trouble for those betting on a June pause followed swiftly by a rate cut, definitive signs of a cool-down could have the capability to keep the upward momentum in stock prices going for a while longer. Interest rates across the old British Empire continue to move higher as central banks in Australia and Canada both surprised markets by hiking a quarter of a point last week, citing still elevated inflation. Particularly in the case of Canada, this rate increase followed a lengthy pause. Blueprint for the Fed? As can be seen in the FedWatch interest rate prediction tool in my report, many stock market participants still believe that the next change in U.S. interest rates after the assumed pause or skip this time around will be a downward one. The Bank of Canada just reminded us that this may well not be the case. The World Bank released updated growth forecasts on Wednesday. The revisions were made to the upside, with the World Bank's anticipated U.S. growth rate for 2023 being raised from 0.5% in January to 1.1%. Global growth expectations also increased from 1.7% in January to 2.1%, with the bank citing greater than expected resilience in major world economies. Goldman Sachs analysts came out last week and announced, we have cut our judgmental probability that the U.S. economy will enter a recession in the next 12 months back to 25%, undoing our upward revision to 35% shortly after the Silicon Valley bank failure. While a Wall Street analyst's measure of success is generally a matter of being just slightly less wrong than a competitor, this shift is symptomatic of the mood of many investors that the economic landing may well be softer than was feared coming into 2023. And if there is going to be a meaningful recession, it will be the most well-telegraphed and anticipated one in history, as little else has been on investors' minds for over a year now. Oh, and Wall Street will care as little about the arrival of yet another Trump legal circus as it did about all the previous ones. <laughs>